Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're headed to Krakow, Poland with Brandon Neth of Finance Buzz. Brandon says that Poland is Europe's most underrated destination, and here's why. The people are nice, the food and lodging are inexpensive, and you can experience three major cities in one week. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Krakow. Let's start the show. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Don't you just hate waiting in line for security at the airport? Me too. Even the pre-check lines are slammed most of the time today. That's why I use Clear to skip the lines and get to my flight quicker. For my listeners, I've actually worked out a special deal where you can try Clear for free for two months. This is a limited time offer, so go to wetravelthere.com forward slash clear to sign up today. Hey, Brandon, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Lee. Super excited and really excited to talk about Poland because I absolutely love this place. Yeah, I haven't been there yet, but there's actually a special reason why you're in Poland this year, right? Yes. So it's funny, Poland wasn't even on our radar. My wife and I, we travel a lot, been to about 64 countries. And one place that always been kind of out of reach was Russia. And we've learned that, you know what, with the World Cup being there, you can go to Russia, not worry about a visa, you get a visa on arrival, and buying a World Cup ticket actually saves you money over just buying the visa. But we couldn't fly there direct. And we found out about Poland because it was a cheap way to get over to Europe and just do a stopover. So we ran into it by accident. I can't explain how lucky we were to run into it because it's not on anybody's radar and it is so underrated. Yeah, it's probably like Croatia was a few years ago. Yeah, that's the perfect way to say it. I think people assume it's like one other country. For me, and this is complete ignorance on my part, I kind of assumed it'd be kind of a Soviet feel. And it would, you know, I just assumed that that's how it would be. It'd kind of be like concrete and very just bland and it was the exact opposite and that's why i seriously think people need to jump into it same thing as croatia like you're saying a lot of people had one type of expectation of it and they go and their minds are blown nice obviously you went to the country but we're not going to talk about the entire country you actually visited three different cities while you were there yeah so we went to three of what i would say are the bigger more touristic cities but i say that with a tangent because I went during the summer, right? So I went like into May, which is beautiful, beginning of June. You think Europe and you think summer and you think just overran with tourists and you just get to the point where you just want to push people out of your way because you can't get to the sites. Not the case. We went to their three biggest cities, I would say, and it's just absolutely fantastic. We flew into Gdansk. That is in the north. The reason we chose to fly there is because we got the aviator card from Barclay at 60,000 points with the sign up, and we were able to fly into Europe directly into Gdansk, but because it's American, you usually fly British Airways, you fly BA Metal, and you have those huge fuel surcharges. Flying into Gdansk, they go through Finnair, you don't get charged those fees. So we flew straight in and then worked our way down to a city called, it looks like Warclaw, W-R-O-C-A-C-L-A-W, but it's pronounced Vroslav. So you'll have to look at the at least show <laughs> notes for that one. But we went into Vroslav, and then we went to, of course, the capital Krakow. Wow. Yeah. I, I would have totally mangled that name if I tried to pronounce it. Yeah. Well, I can't pretend my Polish is good, but I'm going to do my best for your folks. <laughs> so if you had to describe your experience in Poland like in one or two words, what would you say it is? Mind-blowing. I know I said that, but mind-blowing is just the perfect way to say it because 
even if you go in with expectations, they're not going to be there. It is so different than what I or anybody I've ever talked to expects. And so while you were there, like you said, it was at the end of May. How would you describe the weather while you were in, in Poland? So we got there. It was perfect. Three different cities. Uh, I'll kind of give a quick breakdown. Gdansk is in the far north and it's right on the water. So it, you do get that cold air breeze sometimes. So light sweatshirt uh, in the mornings and in the evening if you're going to go out to dinner. But otherwise, it's t-shirt weather, uh, t-shirt shorts, women wear skirts, completely fine. So it's that perfect weather during the day. Vroslav and Krakow, both of those mid-70s, perfect, sunny, blue skies, perfect for those Instagram pictures that, against their super colorful buildings. If you got a lot of ladies that are listening, sundresses really, really pop there. Time for the selfie, right? Yes, exactly. Do it. <laughs> Since it's Poland, they're actually, we're not really used to it in California, where I came from. We're not used to the four seasons. It gets pretty cold in Poland during the wintertime, correct? Yeah, and that's something I think is super important. Like I said, you think of Europe, and you think of summer, and you think it's overrun with people, but that's why Poland is perfect. It's just a great option because you don't want to go in the winter. A lot of people go to Europe, especially Western Europe, during the winter because they don't want to deal with the people, but it's freezing. And Poland is no exception. I mean, you're talking, there's times where there's feet of snow on the ground and it's negative 10 degrees. With, and then with the wind chill, it's just absolutely unbearable. It is a four season country. So spring, summer is probably the best time to go, in my opinion. Yeah. The only time I want to be around freezing temperatures is if I'm going snowboarding. Yeah. If you're on the mountain, right? <laughs> I'm the same way. I mean, are there any mountains in the cities you visited in Poland as far as anything nearby if, if you wanted to go skiing or snowboarding? So I didn't dive into it real deep because I wasn't going at the right time of year, but I do always look. There are places that, you, that they do have skiing and snowboarding, but from the main cities and where I was at, uh, not really. You know, it would be a separate trip. So when you're there at the end of May, what's one of the first things you do when you visit these different cities? My wife and I, we come from this super frugal background. We've been traveling for about six months out of the year for the past 10 years, and we've never been real high earners. So we always look for ways to save money. And something that we've just fallen in love with is doing free walking tours. I believe we first discovered these in Jerusalem. And what it is essentially is you jump on a tour, there's a tour guide, and it's all based on tips. You don't pay up front. And what we've realized is it's an absolutely fantastic way to learn the city, connect with other travelers, especially like-minded travelers, because a lot of these people have the same mentality you do. You're looking to save money, but get value out of these tours. And you've got a tour guide that they haven't been prepaid. They're working for a tip. So they're going above and beyond to answer your questions, show you the highlights. And they're all over the world. It's not just Europe. It's not just the US or Jerusalem. Like I said, we've been to over a hundred different tours. I think we've had two that I would say weren't good. So I just think it's a fantastic way to do it, save some money, connect with people and uh, get a real good feel for everything that is the country or the city you're visiting. Yeah. You got to admire the hustle of those guys. Yeah. Sometimes they're literally paying the company to take you around. So if they don't get the tips, you know, this is, they're vested in this. So it's a real interesting business practice, but it seems to be working because it's really catching fire. No, I mean, that's great. I mean, I, I know I've seen some different apps recently where it's trying to encourage people to interact with locals and have that local tour guide. But if something like that's like ingrained in the culture, it's that much better. Agreed. Well, let's talk about the different cities you, you visited. Obviously, in the title of the show here, we're talking about Krakow, but you first went to Gdansk. Let's talk a little bit about Gdansk. Yeah, so Gdansk is a pretty pretty unknown. It's not real well known. Not a lot of people know about it. But the second you start looking at it, pulling it pops up because it is absolutely fantastically beautiful. It's very small. So 
I would say you could do the whole city in maybe a day, maybe two days. A day for sure if you're quick like us. We say two days because we wanted to give it some time. Any more than three days, I think you're overdoing it. But the whole city is walkable. It's got a beautiful, old, historic city center. Uh, you know, it's got a walled city. They've got they've done a really good job of preserving things. Amazing food. Absolutely brilliant food. They are some of the nicest people I have ever met. Really welcoming. They want to talk to you. You're constantly asked to sit down and have a drink or sit down and have a meal with me. You almost have to get to the point where you're rude. Hey, I actually want to see the city because people are, they go so far out of their way. But for me, again, I, I keep harping on it, but I am such a frugal person. It is so incredibly cheap as well. We stayed less than a two minute walk from the city center where everything is happening. And we paid, usually use points and miles, but it made sense to use cash because it was $25 a night for a hotel right outside the city center. Oh, wow. So how did you find the hotel where you stayed? Like I said, I'm a typically a points and miles person, but I do always run the numbers and make sure things, you know, line up. And it just made a lot more sense for me to go through an OTA, which is an online travel agent. For those of you that are known, I went through Expedia. Uh, I really like to do reviews because with as much as my wife likes to save money, she's quite picky. <laughs> so I have to make sure everything's right for her. So we did a little bit of research, but we just went through Orbitz, did the research on TripAdvisor and uh, just found the perfect spot. Like I said, it was like $25 and change American, obviously 25 and change a night. Wow. Well, yeah. If, if mommy ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. <laughs> exactly. I learned that the hard way. <laughs> obviously, we, because we're talking about three different towns, we only have a little bit of time for each city. So what's like the one or two highlights of Gdansk that you really would recommend? Number one is the food. If you go there and you do not eat a pierogi, you are missing out on life. Pierogies are essentially like a big tortellini filled with either meat. I'm a vegetarian. And let me tell you, how do you know somebody's a vegetarian? They'll tell you. So <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> so they were filled with potatoes and vegetables. They usually drizzle um, like garlic butter sauce on the top and either steam them or fry them. Absolutely incredible. So the food, you cannot miss pierogies. Um, Gdansk out of all three cities have the best pierogies in my opinion. And then the other thing you can't miss is just being in the city center, the old town, everything is walkable, beautiful cobblestone streets. Um, it's something, it's one of those places, a lot like San Juan, in my opinion, that you just got to walk, you got to see it, you got to connect with the people. No, for sure. For sure. And everybody that's listening, Brandon has actually shared a, a tremendous number of different places to go visit in each of these cities. We're going to have them all in the show notes, but obviously we only have a few minutes of Brandon's time. So we're, we're not going to go in too much into depth there. Obviously the city center, is there anything else that's in the city that you'd really recommend visiting? I would honestly say that's the highlight because it's just such a walkable, beautiful, picturesque city. But they do have a couple places on the outside of the city where you can take day trips. Uh, there's an outside city called, um, I can't pronounce it because I'm going to butcher it, but it's one of the ones called Vroslu, I believe is exactly how it's pronounced. It's a day trip and it's more of a, a mountainous, Gdansk is more of like a, you know, a traditional city center um, when you think of Europe. This is more of like a mountain, more hikes, more of your outdoor feel uh, that a lot of people go to. We chose to skip it because we were on a really long trip, but uh, we know we'll be back and we'll be going. Actually, you mentioned something in the notes to me that there's like a World War II museum that you just can't miss when you visit Gdansk. Yeah, and I thank you for reminding me. It is, so they've got this World War II Museum. Which, again, it's just outside the city, but 100% walkable. It is some of the most beautiful, just from the outside, some of the most beautiful architecture. Just look at the building you want to take pictures of it, so it draws you in. But they've done such a good job with setting up all of, you know, I'm thinking about it, I'm getting a little shaky because it brings tears to your eyes, what you see, and the way they represent the war, because 
I'm an American. I know you're an American too. We've got this vision of World War II, but seeing these people that are there, and you know, it's their grandparents and their great grandparents that were there. The emotion and how beautifully well done it is. It's just something that I think if you're into history or you just appreciate people's stories, it's somewhere you need to go. It's tear jerking, but it's really powerful as well. Yeah, love to go there. It's kind of probably the wrong way to put it, but it's something like you said, you just really can't miss it. I definitely would have that on the list of places that I have to go to when I go visit. So we're leaving Gdansk, and I'm, I'm going to butcher the name, Varislav? Vraslav, yes. Vraslav, yep. okay. <laughs> you might be better than me. <laughs> so pretty close, pretty close. How did you get from Gdansk to Vraslav? So we decided to do trains. Trains has made the most sense. Flying just wasn't the way. We were trained people anyway. We enjoy them. PolandRail.com is their rail system. It's in English. It's easy. You can pay with U.S. credit cards and earn points and miles. Uh, and it does code as travel, let me tell you that. So you get 3X on or 5X, depending on which card you have. So we jumped on a train. Got all the way down there. I think it was about two and a half hours, if I remember correctly off the top of my head. The only thing I didn't like is be aware that their trains are a little hot for whatever reason. They don't like air conditioning. But we jumped on. It was really cheap to get down there. Took the train, which drops you off directly in the city center. We grabbed an Uber. And Uber is widely available. I mean, I should probably tell people that. Really easy to get an Uber all throughout Poland. Jumped on an Uber. It's about $5 to get to our hotel. And so when you're in Vroslav, did you stay in a chain hotel or something more of like a local place? This was another city where we did a local, like a little boutique. It was super cheap. It was under $30 a day. It was like directly in the city center. Like we walked out our door, took two rights, and we were at their main square. Again, incredibly cheap, incredibly great value, incredibly clean as well. Uh, so yeah, we did that as opposed to points and miles just because doing the math, it made a lot of sense. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, like you said, stressing the word clean, you think of something that's so cheap in just the American the vantage point that we have, like, oh my God, it's so cheap. It, it has to be disastrous in, inside, right? Yeah. But we kind of forget that the American currency is pretty strong. And uh, in other countries, $30 is actually a lot of money for them. So yeah. there's places in the world, $30 is a monthly salary. You know what I mean? Exactly. So when you're Vraslav, the city center is obviously a main attraction. What are some of the other attractions or some of the places that you eat that people should really visit? So I've got to plug this one. My wife would kill me if I didn't. They have got the cutest little thing. So the government, it's kind of a long story um, that we could probably spend an entire episode on, but they have these little bronze gnomes throughout the city. And it originally started as a way uh, during the occupation during World War II of people, they drew gnomes on the walls. And I learned this, just so you know, I'm not a history expert. I learned this on my free walking tour there. People would draw gnomes on the walls as a way to kind of give the people that were occupying them at the time the middle finger. That was their way to do it. And it became this representation of the people. Uh, and so much so that the government commissioned a big gnome that was essentially anti-government. So it's the only monument in the world that a government has commissioned that is essentially standing for anti-government and anti-occupation. So it's really an interesting story hearing that. And what that did is that formed this kind of culture where people said, you know what, I'm going to put one outside of my business. Or I'm going to put one outside of my home. So there's these little gnomes that are, you know, six to 10 inches long. Everyone is beautifully done. They're made out of bronze. And they've all got a different story to tell. Like my favorite one was a little gnome holding a big human-sized fork with a pierogi on, the top, on top. So <laughs> they're spread throughout the city. Sometimes they're on light poles. Sometimes they're on windowsills. Sometimes they're on the ground. Sometimes they're on trash cans. But it's fun. you got all these little kids running around. And my wife, uh, is a child at heart and it was her absolute favorite thing. We, there's hundreds spread throughout the city, but I think we got about 150 of them and uh, I was like, let's go get some food. But great, <laughs> great way to spend your day. 
That's fantastic. I mean, I have young children and I guarantee you they would love just running around the city just looking for all those gnomes. Did you happen to bring a gnome home with you? We did not. So these are pretty heavy. Uh, but what we did bring home, so one thing we do when we travel is we bring home a uh, Christmas souvenir. So our Christmas tree is just full. That's our, what we collect. So we brought home a uh, Christmas souvenir and it was not necessarily a gnome, but it was the fork that the gnome was holding with the pierogi on the top. Somebody recreated it in one of the, the tour shops. So we bought that, brought it home because it was so uh, iconic for us. We only have a couple minutes left. So let's skip over to Krakow now. So Let's talk a little bit about that. What was one of your best things that you did in Krakow? So Krakow is it's a pretty big city, if I'm honest. But I call it the poor man's Amsterdam because it's so, again, so inexpensive. It's beautiful. Again, it's another city you need to walk. But it's like walking the canals of Amsterdam for a third of the price. you got to go do it. you got to get on the ground. you got to connect with the people. If I'm honest, my favorite thing to do there was to eat and drink. But, you know, that's probably because I'm kind of a hefty man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I, I like some good food and some good drinks myself, so it's not a problem. Obviously, you ate some good food, checked out the sites. What was your favorite thing in Krakow? My number one thing in Krakow would probably be they've got their churches. Their churches are just amazing. They've got all these little churches. It, it's funny because they've got this built, you know, when they were occupied, so many of these churches were destroyed or a lot of them were actually hidden because they didn't want them to be destroyed during their occupation during the World War. So what they did is a lot of them, they put a different facade on the outside of them. So some of them look like houses. Some of them look like little businesses, but you go on the inside and they're just like a regular church. Uh, and a lot of them people don't know, you know, they're surrounding the main market square from the city square. There are more of them in a three mile radius than there is from any other city center within a three mile radius anywhere in the world, according to the tour guide. So there's lots of little ones you need to jump in, you need to see. It's such a fun way to go do it because I'm not a religious person, but again, knowing that these people went through so much effort to protect this, um, it's a really fun thing to see and a great way to see history. No, that sounds like a fantastic story. And and yeah, you know, I, I can really appreciate, obviously the religion, it, it was so meaningful to them. They did everything they could to protect it against the occupiers. So. And I do have to, let, I'm sorry, let me plug one more thing. I think it's super important. They do have a castle there. So it's called the Krakow Castle. It's big, it's massive, it's beautiful, super well-maintained. It's free to get into. So that appeals to me. And I, so I just think it's hard to miss because it's kind of, you know, what the city's based around, but make sure you get to the castle. I know sometimes people are like, I don't like doing touristy things. It's worth it, people, I promise you. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so it sounds like, obviously, you, you toured almost the entire country. And it was less than a week. A lot of times when we're you know, here in America and we're thinking, oh my God, I'm going to travel this place and I'm only going to see like one city, maybe two over the course of a week. But you hit kind of the highlights of each of these different cities and each one of them, you know, two to three days each, right? Exactly. You know, I know your typical person gets two weeks off of work, right? That's tough, but this is a great way to get somewhere to go, see multiple cities. And you could even add on another country in that two week time frame. Nice. And one thing I really wanted to kind of stress here is that when we travel, we try to avoid using uh, renting a car as much as possible and using public transportation. You're going to meet some of the locals, you're going to experience the world a little bit better. And you actually traveled almost an entire country without ever renting a car. Not almost. We did. We didn't rent a car the entire time. So between, like I said, Uber being widely available and their beautiful, easy, clean, safe public transportation system in every single city. And how, again, I can't emphasize cheap enough. It was like 40 cents for a ride. Wow. It's, it's like a light rail, just like if you're in, you know, I'm from Portland, Oregon. We've got a light rail system. It's a couple bucks to ride. There's 40 cents. It runs just as well. It's the exact same seating configuration. I think it's a waste to rent a car, if I'm honest. 
For sure. I mean, as a dad of our family, I always have to focus on the road. I always have to be the one trying to find parking, everything like that. Everybody else is getting to enjoy the vacation a little bit more than I do. And avoiding renting a car to me is like one of like the, the number one things I want to do when, I rent, when I'm on vacation because I want to be able to enjoy it too. <laughs> <laughs> With that, I want to get into the final countdown. If a traveler only had time for one meal in Poland, where should they go and what should they eat? Hands down, you need to have pierogies. It is a Polish delicacy. They're amazing. It's really easy for Americans to move over to that because we're kind of familiar with it because of tortellini. And the place you have to go is Mandu Pigorinia in Gdansk. It's not a real well-kept secret because it's so popular. So sometimes there is a wait, but it's worth it. Nice. Obviously, you, you visited multiple different cities. Lots of great stories, I'm sure. What's the most memorable story of, from your trip? It comes down to those gnomes I was telling you about. So it got to the point, like I said, my wife is such a child at heart. We're literally sprinting from gnome to gnome, trying to find them, you know, taking pictures, <laughs> get those Instagram photos. And it got to the point where at one time I stepped back and I'm looking at my wife and she's in line to take a picture. She's the only person over seven years old in line to take a picture with this gnome. <laughs> you know, all the parents love it, but they're there for their kids. I got my wife standing in line with kids, you know, like, when you're in kindergarten waiting to go get your lunch and my wife's standing there so it was such a memorable story i got a picture of her and all the kids surrounding her you know so that was a really memorable thing to me because it was such a big part and it was free and it was just it was just a beautiful experience oh for sure and i can only imagine her smile just like ear to ear massive grin on her face while she's standing there in line yep. speaking of being happy and having a big smile on your face what's the best place to have a happy hour when you're in poland I focused on crack out for this because I figured a lot of people, that's probably where they'll go first. I'm not a drinker, so I don't drink. So when I look for happy hours, I look for good food deals because I like to save my money. There is a place called Elixir, E-L-I-K-S-I-R, Elixir. And yes, they've got a fantastic drink selection and it's highly rated, but they also got a really good happy hour food menu. You can eat a full meal for three bucks and be really, really full. Um, you can share for two of you meals for $5 and then you get your drinks for a dollar or two and you're out of there. You're feeling real good and uh, you know real tipsy and real full for about 10 bucks for two people. That's fantastic. I'm just as frugal with that same type of mindset as you, and but you still want to have a great time and create some awesome memories. Whenever I travel, one of the things I really like to do is have pepperoni pizza wherever I go. When you're traveling around Poland, did you find any places with pizza? Pizza is actually pretty popular, um, especially these places. Like I said, there is a bit of a tourist presence in all these spots. So again, I focused on Krakow. I picked the best place just because I figured that's probably gonna be the most popular with the most people. I don't eat pepperoni pizza. I know, Lee, you asked, the original question was, what's the best pepperoni pizza? Well, I eat cheese pizza, and the best cheese pizza is at La Familia, Familia, it's F-A-M-I-L-G-L-I-A, La Familia Pizza. The best way to describe it is a beautiful combination of a New York slice and a, like a real Sicilian slice. They've kind of made a hybrid of the two. Crust is perfect, cheese is melted great, great spices all the way around. If I didn't love Polish food so much, I'd probably eat in there every day. <laughs> no, I'm picturing it in my mind right now, so it, it sounds really good. <laughs> it was. So I, I really appreciate you being on the show. The notes that you provided to me are far beyond any, everything that we talked about here on the show. I'm glad we had a chance to, to really focus on some of the, the highlights and the show notes, everybody, everything we talked about here and so much more. In the last couple of minutes here, I just want to talk about you, Brandon, and your business and, and uh, what's going on at your site. So can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, I appreciate it. So um, I work for a company called FinanceBuzz.com. We are a finance company. We talk about all things finance related. So we talk about debt, we talk about credit, investments, all this type of stuff. But my passion and what I love is travel and points and miles. And Lee, I know you and I are both real big advocates of the points and miles and the credit card game and how to utilize that. So that is a vertical that I've taken under my wing. I work with people on a daily basis. We also run a Facebook group called FBZ Elite Travel and Points. And it's just this big, massive community of about 10,000 people. We come in and we talk about points and miles, but also travel. And I actually did a whole Ask Me Anything thread on Poland because I loved it so much. That's fantastic. And we're going to have uh, links to all these different places. Would you say the Facebook group is probably the best place? to reach you? Yeah. I spend my life on the Facebook group. I'm in there probably eight hours a day, every day. So um, if you want to connect with me, come on in or, you know, Lee and I are friends on Facebook. So if you really want to get a hold of me, I'm sure Lee can put you in touch with me as well. The group financebuzz.com or look up Brandon Nath. I'm not hard to find. I got a pretty unique name. <laughs> well, fantastic. Again, thanks for being on the show. I know I'm more intrigued about Krakow and, and the rest of Poland after hearing your stories and hopefully everybody else is as well. Thanks a lot for being on the show and we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Lee, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Poland sounds like such a wonderful place to visit. I love that it's affordable and that the people are super friendly. For Americans that don't travel very much, Poland is a good first international trip because they speak English and the food is similar to what we'd find in the U.S. After seeing Brandon's pictures of the gnomes of Wroclaw, I'm pretty sure I need to take Anna and the kids to see them in person. So what's your favorite thing you learned about Krakow? Please let us know in the show notes at wetravelthere.com forward slash Krakow or log into the We Travel Our Podcast community on Facebook. Join us in the next episode when Irene Levy-Baker takes us on a tour of the unique eats of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the city of brotherly love. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you'd like to listen to more podcasts about travel, I suggest learning about your favorite boarding area travel bloggers with a Now Boarding Podcast, hosted by Ed Pizza. Each episode features an in-depth interview with one writer to discover their passion for travel and rewards. Let me know what you think.